following podcast has not been rated. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fapt, and here is your host, C.J. Newman. Hello and welcome to the Fullbacks Are People Too podcast. My name is C.J. Newman and I am your host for this podcast. So for those of you that are actual regular subscribers to the podcast, you'll know that I haven't done one of these in a while and I do want to apologize to you guys up front. First off, thank you for being a subscriber. Really appreciate that. But uh, school and work have really been kicking my ass. Let me peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, I go to the University of Maryland. I'm a major in cybersecurity, and right now I'm currently enrolled in three eight-week classes. You're typically, as a full-time student, only supposed to do two at a time, so two in the beginning of the semester and two at the end of the semester, but uh, I'm kicking my own ass right now and doing three. So that's been very time-consuming. My friends are getting pissed off at me because I don't have time to go out and socialize, so whole world's against me, but I'm here right now to give you guys a little bit of a peel back into the world of football. Just wanted to see if I can do one of these podcasts again, and maybe I can get this going on a weekly basis. We'll see how things go. I'm going to do the same format that I did the last time I did one of these. I'm just going to go ahead and shoot from my own hip here and talk about what I want to talk about instead of doing an interview this week with another fan. Uh, Let's see what's going on in the news lately. So Des Bryant got hired by the Saints, worked out, uh, then he tore his Achilles. Okay, so... The man was shelved for a couple months and finally gets signed by a team and then he tears his Achilles. You want to talk about being snake bit? Jeez, that's got to suck. I personally feel for Des, that's got to, that really has to be a horrible situation. He barely got a number on the jersey. He's reporting out in the field. Uh, they were talking about how he wasn't going to play this Sunday, but obviously he's not going to play this Sunday because he got injured. So during practice, uh, I guess he cut wrong on one of uh, his Achilles and just bam, tore out for the season. Who knows what's going to happen with his career? He's getting a little older. He's not necessarily out of, he's not necessarily like Jerry Rice's age, but I don't think he's going to be one of those people that are targeted in the off season. Plus, he's only looking for a one-year deal just to prove himself, honestly, so that he can get another big contract. So I don't, I'm not sure if other people are actually going to look towards Des Bryant for being a wide receiver. Speaking of Des Bryant, the reason that he is not employed with the Cowboys is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott seemingly is going to be looking at a new contract situation sometime in the near future according to the dallas fort worth star it looks like the contract situation he is in his third year right now going into his fourth year he doesn't have a fifth year option because he's not a first round pick he's a fourth round pick so jerry jones has been on the record and stated that he wants to look into the contract situation for Dak prescott in the near future and by the way i said that uh the reason des bryant is not with the team is Dak prescott let's let's face facts ever since Dak prescott took over des bryant rarely got a look 
it, it's it was kind of sad to actually see that demise go down but um des would always be the type of player that would uh, go for the 50 50 ball he doesn't necessarily get the separation that he always should have as a big physical receiver but he would always not always but i'd say 90 percent of the time if you threw a ball in his direction he'd come down with it as tony romo so that's the reason in my opinion why uh Des Bryant, that in being a diva, is no longer with the Dallas Cowboys. But Dak, back to Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak has done fairly well in his rookie year. He has had a sophomore slump, and ever since then, he's just not been playing up to the potential that he did his rookie season. Uh, a lot of that is attributed to the offensive line. Honestly, a lot of that is attributed to the offensive line. The reason that he had such a great rookie season was because of people like Travis Frederick and uh, Zach Martin and the uh, left tackle whose name is escaping me right now. But that whole offensive line turned out very well and did great for his rookie season. They dipped a little bit last year, and now the center, Travis Frederick, is out this season. So they're having a hard time putting that together. And when Dak Prescott does not have time on the field, he doesn't make good decisions. But he was afforded that opportunity in his rookie season to actually make good decisions because that offensive line was holding up. So he had much extra time in the pocket. He could be standing there for a good solid five seconds if he wanted to to throw the football. And a lot of quarterbacks just want three to think. They have to go through all their progressions. If Dak is forced to make his progressions in a quicker rate, he's going to make mistakes. And he's already thrown more interceptions this year than he has in previous years altogether. So... It's going to be interesting to see where Jerry is going with the idea of signing Dak to another contract. I personally would not think about signing him right now. I would make him go under the uh, the remaining rookie deal and then maybe do the franchise tag if he's actually worth a shit. But personally, I don't think he's worth the headache, worth the trouble, worth having to give another contract to that'll probably be the size of a oh Matt Stafford contract or a Derek Carr contract and just screwing yourself into the ground you're in a situation right now it's very ideal where you have a rookie quarterback on his rookie contract not not a rookie quarterback but a a quarterback on his rookie contract you have a running back on his rookie contract and you have not a lot of cap space but a pretty good amount of cap space where you can just make things happen. You can go out and get veterans. You can go out and get a number one wide receiver, which they tried to do, it looks like. But I'm not sure how Amari Cooper is going to change this team, to be honest with you. I mean, in his first drive on the Cowboys, he got a touchdown. That's great. Fantastic. I I applaud him. But is he going to be a consistent number one? He wasn't a consistent number one for the past two seasons in Oakland. I can tell you that much. So maybe they should consider taking that money that they were going to give Dak next year and uh, put it otherwise. I, I don't know what else to say as far as that contract is concerned. They should really... <sighs> Jerry just 
Jerry makes moves for the splash. It sounds like he wants to make you go, oh, wow, cowboys are doing something. And sometimes he just doesn't think this is why his son gets involved in a lot of decisions. And honestly, he prohibited the uh, move of getting Johnny Manziel a couple years ago. And how would that have turned out? Could you imagine if Johnny Manziel actually was drafted by that team? He got drafted in Cleveland, a place that is very low key and definitely not on the map as far as uh, popularity. Could you imagine if he went to the most popular team in the United States, the Dallas Cowboys? I just could not see Johnny Manziel being able to handle himself, especially back then. Maybe now he'd be able to handle himself. He's matured a lot, but back then he would not have been able to handle the situation and he would have been more overbearing than he was in Cleveland. And that's saying something because when he was in Cleveland, he was, he was spotted at nightclubs. He was spotted at casinos, even at right after games. It was ridiculous. And I can't imagine that having the notoriety of being a Dallas Cowboy would help. So keep an eye on this. I've been, uh, perusing the Bleacher Report app recently. And, uh, it looks like there's been some interest in changing the head coach and offensive coordinators. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Scott Linehan, has been uh, sucking major wiener lately. He has not been the offensive genius that everybody has seen to think that he has been in recent years. So that, accompanied with the fact that their head coach is an offensive mind, has... Um, been making Jerry hover over that uh, trigger finger and uh, over that trigger and possibly make a move. So I was looking on Bleacher Report this morning. According to Ian Rappaport, it looks like there is interest in OU coach Lincoln Riley. Could you imagine that? Him coming over to the Dallas Cowboys, getting a little bit of notoriety there, trying to implement his offense under there. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Just uh, something to keep in the back of your mind. Speaking of things that have been in the back of people's minds, where in the world is Le'Veon Bell? Just a little sidebar note on that. Uh, the people who actually made the Carmen Sandiego song from back in the day, they used no instruments on that. I just thought you guys might find that interesting. For those of you that even remember the Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego uh, show, you, you might just want to go back and listen to that and give it one more listen and say, wow, there was actually no instruments in there. That was all people talking. That was just people singing and making sounds that sound like instruments, but clearly they are not instruments. I just always found that fascinating. Nonetheless, where is Le'Veon Bell? Can't find this guy. Um, he's been spotted in uh, Miami for the longest time. He gave a uh, Deuces Miami tweet a, a couple days ago. So it looks like he was spotted uh, in Pittsburgh playing a game of pickup uh, basketball. So good for him. It sounds like he's unlikely to report, though, to the Pittsburgh Steelers by Tuesday, which is the deadline for him to play at all this year for any NFL team. The deadline for trade has already passed, so that opportunity has already uh, sailed. So it's either play for the Steelers this year or don't play at all. And what Le'Veon Bell has to weigh at this point is if he reports, then he gets the eligibility. And next year, if the Pittsburgh Steelers were to franchise tag him, which already sounds unlikely, but if they were to franchise tag him, he would make quarterback money. So he would get the average of the NFL quarterbacks right now. Um, 
it's it sounds like Pittsburgh Steelers are just willing to move on because they're doing everything in the back that they possibly can to make sure that it's known that Le'Veon Bell is not really need it there anymore. James Conner has been coming up and he's been a great second round pick for the team and he's been picking up steam. Uh, this week he got put into the concussion protocol so it sounds like they're going to go to their uh, backup. Ooh, I'm not even sure who the hell it is right now. Don't care. But uh, I'm pretty sure that the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to hurt for one week if James Conner is in concussion protocol. He'll be back and everything will be fine once he reports back. But uh, they made it clear that they've moved on from Le'Veon Bell. They're probably not going to tag him again next year if he does not report. Because if he does not report to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers on Tuesday, that means that they can tag him under the same level of franchise tag that they did this year because he never reported. So therefore, it would mean that they could tag him for the same amount, which is around $14 million, which is still too much for a running back right now. But um, they could do that and get away with it and have no problem with it. Exclusivity would belong to the Steelers, but Le'Veon Bell could once again use the leverage of not showing up if he wanted to. So it would just be the franchise tag dance, honestly. It wouldn't make sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers to do it, but uh, just to give the squeeze to Le'Veon Bell, they might do it. And Le'Veon might just actually sign that tender and come in and put them under the squeeze for $14 million. You never know. I, I don't know what Le'Veon's thinking right now. I I wish I could get into his mind because it's kind of crazy that he never showed up for for the regular season. I can understand not showing up for preseason. He did that last season. It makes sense. Why put yourself through all that trouble when you can just get into shape and then be ready for week one? So I don't know what he's thinking. It very well could be a ploy to get him to free agency quicker. Maybe he's trying to get them to release him from the franchise tag, pull the tag, uh, rescind the tag so that he could just go sign with another team with a contender or, I don't know, somebody who's going to pay him a lot like, uh, I don't know, the New York Jets or maybe the Dallas Cowboys if they weren't to sign Dak to his next contract. Who who knows? I, I'm just as baffled as most of you are as to why the hell Le'Veon Bell is playing this game. I'm not going to go on too much longer, so I'm going to go ahead and get to my last topic here. It's a combination of two topics, and it involves the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm sure everybody's heard at this point that there is an issue with Joe Flacco and his hip. Uh, It looks like there is an injury concern with Joe, and people are starting to wonder if that injury, or quote-unquote injury, was made just so they could get Lamar Jackson on the field more. We're about to find out, honestly. I think that things are going to be revealed this week that are uh, prevalent to the Baltimore Ravens warehouse, but are not supposed to be seen by other eyes. I think that we're going to hear from an insider at some point as to the status of Lamar Jackson, as to the status of Joe Flacco, and why this leak came about. But uh, Joe has honestly had his best year so far statistically. It's not saying much, because Joe has never really been a guy to put up Drew Brees stats, or Aaron Rodgers stats, or even Peyton Manning stats in his last year in the NFL. But uh, Joe has been tossing an average 
uh, in the high 200s per game uh, with an, a few anomalies with the low 200s in some of those anomalies. But uh, a couple touchdowns, very few interceptions. I believe he has four right now, if I'm not mistaken, on the year. But it's very apparent that this situation with Lamar Jackson is starting to get to Joe Flacco. It's starting to piss him off. You could tell on the field. You could tell in practice. I personally went to the practice uh, that had the... Los Angeles Rams and the Baltimore Ravens doing a joint practice back in the preseason, and I could just tell. You could see him looking sideways at Lamar Jackson. It was not a good place for Joe. He's not the uh, type of person who is going to say, uh, be an Alex Smith type of person and just welcome the competition to come in and then get the rookie ready to come over and take control of the reins. I think, honestly, the Alex Smith situation was very rare. It's uh, actually, you know what? It's not so rare because the situation in New York with the quarterback from last year uh, names escaping me right now, but he seemed very willing to be a backup and be training the New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold right now to just help out and become the next starting quarterback. Ah, Josh McCown. Josh McCown was his name. So we got people like Josh McCown. We got people like Alex Smith who are actually willing to go out there and say, hey, rookie, this is how things go in the NFL. Let me help you. And then there are people like Joe Flacco who don't want to do that, who want to hold on to their position and feel intimidated, who feel threatened. And honestly, I think that if uh, Aaron Rodgers were to get the same type of quarterback drafted, if the word to if he were to get a situation like he was placed into where he's the Brett Favre and they drafted another Aaron Rodgers then I think Aaron Rodgers would be uh, pretty pissed off and he would not handle it very well he would probably handle it the same way that Brett Favre did to be honest with you people have been asking me my opinion on whether or not I think that Joe should take a seat or Joe should be the starter for the rest of the season. Let's just face facts. After this season, Joe Flacco is gone from the Baltimore Ravens. He's probably going to end up in Tampa Bay taking over for James Winston when they cut him, or he's going to go to New York when Eli Manning retires. One of those two teams, in my opinion, is going to pick up Joe Flacco. And he, honestly, Joe might have a resurgence. He might have a good season. He might turn into the Joe Flacco of old from 2012 that just lights it up in the postseason. Who knows? Maybe he just needs a new surrounding. I don't know. But as of right now, the Baltimore Ravens are at a 4-5 and five record. It would take basically winning out with maybe one loss to make the playoffs as far as a wild card in the AFC. I'm not sure they could do that right now. Uh, maybe if they go this week and win, I'd say let's, let's go with Joe. But uh, I don't think that it's going to be easy, especially since the Cincinnati Bengals are the next game and the Cincinnati Bengals have already proven that they have the Baltimore Ravens number. So let's see what happens this week. But it sounds like Lamar Jackson is going to get the start. And uh, maybe the kids got something. Who knows? Uh, last year, I was not a fan of Deshaun Watson in college. I thought that he was just a, uh, a system quarterback and his timing was off and whatnot, but uh, he turned out to be a pretty decent quarterback last year. So let's see what happens when Lamar Jackson hits the field. The uh, Let's see if the Heisman Trophy winner can come in and actually command the team 
and maybe they'll install some RPOs and get the team rolling. Who knows? Maybe he's the spark that they need. At this point, I say give the kid a shot. I don't care. Uh, Ravens don't seem to care. I think uh, John Harbaugh is trying to pull out every stop that he can just to save his job, and I'm not sure if it's going to be enough. Although Steve Bashani is a very loyal person. He stuck to Brian Billick for years and years after he should have. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't really... Just like the Le'Veon Bell thing, I, I just don't know what's what's going to happen in Baltimore. It's it's likely that Lamar Jackson time is about to start. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up here for the week. Uh, I'm going to try to get a guest next week and see if we can just talk about the NFL in general and maybe I can get the culture again for some of these uh, teams out there. Just get a feel for where other teams are in the NFL and just try to entertain you guys as much as I possibly can. This week has just been uh, me giving you a little bit of the news and me giving my thoughts and venting a little frustration out. And I appreciate you guys listening and appreciate all of the podcast subscribers out there. So until next week, my name is CJ and this has been Fullbacks Are People Too.